Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. So we had been discussing Chapter 2, Sankhya Yoga, Yoga of Knowledge. This chapter is basically divided in four parts. The first part is correcting Arjuna's logic, why he shouldn't be fighting this war, or in our case, why we shouldn't be doing certain duties or certain activities. So correcting Arjuna's logic. Second part is, so changing our perspective. We had been seeing this world from one perspective. What is in it for me? And that's the only motivation I have to act in this world. Bhagavan is changing the perspective and say, what is the real you? And how you should be looking at this world? What is your relationship to this world? And relationship to the Almighty, the all-pervading self. So that's part two. The third part gave us the practical application of this knowledge, how to apply it in our life, the part three. And the last fourth part is describing the attributes of a person who has achieved this wisdom, Thita Pragna Lakshana. So we are in the fourth portion of chapter 2, we have come to this point by Bhagwan giving us a very clear and simple instruction about how to act in this world. Bhagwan told Arjuna and through Arjuna to all of us that act in this world without having any particular desire for fruits. That's one simple advice. Fruit is, fruit is not in your control. Therefore, do not desire a particular fruit. And also, act without any attachment. This is where we start having some questions. These are the two motivators I have to act in this world. And if you take both of them away, how can I act in this world? So, Arjuna asked Bhagavan, said, If there is such a person, can you describe that person to me? and his behavior, which is what we are now learning, Thita Pragna Lakshana. Our problem started from, how can I act without attachment? And we continue to argue about what is attachment and whether you can live without attachment, and some attachment is good, some attachment is not good. Bhagwan is not saying any one of those things which we discuss. So we can look at it from how we look at anything in this world of science. If you take a small example or a small sample of something and test it, when you come to conclusion what the attribute of that sample is, then that will be applicable to the entire world of that object. You test a vaccine in a controlled environment, and then once you establish this is the nature of the vaccine, that will then apply to all the vaccines you will manufacture after that. So attachment, if we come to understand it correctly, is 
a concept of mind. Informations gathered by the senses creates impression on my mind. Those impressions create attachment to those objects. So the attachment is the concept of mind and it is the very nature of mind. The mind's nature is to get attached to the impressions it gets. Detachment on the other hand is an intellectual effort. Once I realize that this particular behavior is sorrowful and unhealthy for me, I try to do something differently. And that's detachment. So detachment is an intellectual response when I think about it and find out that attachment causes nothing but sorrow in the end. So we learned to concept of Shreyas and Prayas before. Arjuna says, give me only what is Shreyas. Attachment may seem Prayas right now and a certain thing, attachment to my children, attachment to my profession. It seems Prayas. It seems pleasurable. But once, if you stick to your wisdom, that if it proves that it is not fruitful in one condition, it will not be fruitful in any condition. So therefore, Bhagavan said, how is Thita Pragna will act in this world? So we have seen the Thita Pragna's definition from Bhagavan. Thita Pragna is one who has emptied his mind of all the desires. He did not say only certain desire. Prajahati, Yada, Kaman, Sarvan, Parthamano, Gatan. Sarvan, Parthamano, Gatan. All the desires from his mind he has emptied. Such a person is Thita Pragna. That's the simple definition of Thita Pragna. If there is a desire in your mind, you are not a Thita Pragna. Now, we come to the conclusion, if that's the case, then let's stop this discussion right here. Bhagavad Gita is not for me. I'll never be able to achieve a state of desirelessness. But we also have to remember in verse 40, Bhagavan says, Na iha abhikrama nasaha In this Karma Yoga, when Bhagavan introduced Karma Yoga, he said there is no loss of effort in this endeavor. Na iha abhikrama nasaha Pratyavaya na vidyate There is no side effect. You may not be able to perform all that is prescribed in Karma Yoga, but there is no danger that you will be hurt by that. Swalpam api yasya dharmasya trayate mahato bhayat. Even a little practice of this Karma Yoga will release you from great danger. So we have to remember that we are being described a man of perfection which is the final ultimate goal. It is like describing a state of a final medical degree to a kindergarten student. So we are at that level that we see this as something very distant in our future. But Bhagavan said, you start. Therefore, Bhagavan said, yoga karma sukhaushala. Dexterity in action is yoga. Bhagavan said, continue. Continuing what you are doing you will reach where you need to be at some point of time. Bhagavan describes Thita Pragna. He also discussed Thita Dihi, who is established in his buddhi. Buddhi, which is understanding the self correctly, is Thita Dihi. 
Bhagavan says, Dukhesu Manaha, one who does not get affected by Dukkha, he also Sukhesu Vigatas Pruha. This Sukha does not create longing in him. Such a person is Atmaniva Atmana Tushtaha. He is content in his self, by his self. Because there is no desire, there is nothing to achieve, and I don't feel incomplete. And Bhagavan said, such a person is Tithadihi. And then the following verses, we have seen Bhagavan gave us advice how to achieve this. Using the word Tasya Pragna Pratishtita. If you do this, and you achieve that, then you consider your Pragna. Pragna, your Buddhi. The Buddhi which is established in your true self, which we have seen is my consciousness. In both Sankhya and Yoga, the goal is to separate Purusha from Prakriti. In Sankhya, there are two entities exist. Purusha and Prakriti and both are beginningless. But the problem starts with the Purusha getting entangled with Prakriti. So the goal of Sankhya is to separate Purusha from Prakriti. Separate yourself from the world of objects. So here Bhagavan said, one who does not identify with the world of objects, such a person will achieve contentment within his self. So the two techniques given by Bhagavan, in a very simple term I said, Tattat prapya subha asubham na abhinandati na dvasti. I am working in this world and I will have success and I will have failures. When I get success, I will not congratulate myself and when I get failure, I will not blame myself. That is the first technique Bhagavan said. You will encounter success and failures because it is the very nature of prakriti. Therefore, you need to get comfortable with it. And when it comes, your behavior should be you don't take upon yourself to take credit for your success. And when you fail, do not blame yourself. You may come to the conclusion, my efforts were not enough. I have to correct something. I have to learn something more. But do not blame yourself for your failures. You are product of your past. And here is where you are. Accept it as it is. In the second technique we have seen, the tortoise technique, he said, Yada samharate cha ayam kurmani angani va sarvasam. One who withdraws all his senses from the sense objects. Now, obviously, this is not something comes easy to us. Ravuan said, that's the technique. That when you see danger, so these are preventive methods, Bhagavan gives us. When you see that there is a danger that my mind will slip away from what I think my true nature is or what where my happiness lies, then I should withdraw my senses. We have seen the senses are the ones which are in contact with the world outside. They are like my outside agents going out there and getting information. If the information comes out from the senses, seem dangerous. Then Bhagavan said you have to move away from that situation. You have to make sure that you are not engaging in activities which are creating wrong impressions on your mind. Withdraw your senses from situations which are not conducive for your happiness, which will create more unhappiness 
wrong impressions. So, Bhagwan gave this technique of tortoise technique. Whenever you sense danger, withdraw all your limbs, withdraw all your senses. Even though I am now practicing what I have learned from Bhagavad Gita, but I have baggage from my previous experiences. From a long time I had been working in this Prakriti, therefore there are impressions on my mind. These impressions are my vasanas. And just because I have this wisdom of what is right and wrong, those vasanas are not going to go away. They will be there. So how to deal with this vasanas? Bhagavan said there is a hope for you. If you become non-consumer of these objects, these objects will go away from you. This is a fact of life we have seen that any time we stop consuming something and we have used the standard cigarette example for all eternity. When I was a smoker, the cigarettes were all around me. Now I am a non-smoker. Cigarettes don't come to me. I am a reformed smoker and even when I worked for Philip Morris to design their labs, they were offering free cigarette. But that was no attraction to me. Had it been when I was a smoker many years ago, that would have been the most attractive thing to work for Philip Morris, to get free cigarettes. So Bhagavan said, the visaya vinivartan, these objects will go away from you if you become a non-consumer. And Swamiji points out here that this is describes a pratyahar in Yoga Sastra. Pratyahar. Ahar is to consume, pratyahar is stop consumption. Swamiji also points out that in Vedanta it's called Uparamaha. Uparamaha, Swadharmanusthanam. When you perform your duties without any distraction, with enthusiasm, that Uparama. So this tortoise technique is basically practicing Pratyahara and Uparati in Vedanta. So we learned that. And Bhagavan said once you practice that, these objects will go away. Not only the objects will go away, but the impression left by those objects will gradually will go away. By Param Drashtva. So here is the pointer. None of this will ever happen unless you fix a higher goal. Once you have a higher goal, all this will fall in place. So fix your goal so high that you, you won't achieve it so easily. One said, Param Drashtva Rasa Api Yasya Nivartate. Even this longing will go away because you have fixed yourself to a higher goal. And now comes the warning and alert that just because you practiced this for some time and you came to the conclusion that now I have control over myself, then it should be okay. And Bhagavan said, no, you have to be careful. Yatatohi api kaunteya purushasya vipaschitaha indriyani pramathini haranti prasabam manaha Even if you have become a wise man, if you understood the values, if you understood the real nature, do not underestimate the power of senses. The senses are so powerful, it takes away even the mind of a wise person. So we have seen this iconic image of Krishna and Arjuna's chariot and Krishna as the charioteer and the four horses are running in four different directions. For a long time I had this question, why only four horses shown in that iconic image and not five? 
because those horses represent our senses. So I learned from Swami Tejamananda recently that four horses because tongue represents both the touch and the taste. So only four horses are shown, indicating five senses. And you can see that iconic image, the horses, the powerful horses, are trying to go in different directions. It is Krishna who is controlling the reins. So the mind is in Krishna's hand, is controlling those horses, the senses. So Bhagavan said that even for a wise person, you have to be very vigilant. Yatatoho yapi kaunteya purusasya vipastitaha indriyani pramatini haranti prasabam manaha tani sarvani sanyamya yukta asita matparaha And therefore, you control everything yukta asita matparaha. Here comes the operative word. You sit focused on me. And the first time Bhagavan uses the first person singular me, is that you focus on me. Make me as your highest goal. That me in this case, as Swamiji explained, that supreme self which is pervading everywhere. So Krishna representing the supreme self, he said, focus on me. If you focus on me, then only you will be able to control your senses. If you do not focus on me, in other words, you do not focus on the higher goal of your higher self, senses are very powerful and they will take away your peace of mind. Tani Sarvani, Sarvani, all Indriyas, not one, not two. We have seen example in Vivek Chudamani that other animals have weakness of one sense. Deer has weakness of sound, elephant has weakness of touch, and so on and so forth, and moth has weakness of, you know, sight, and they get burnt, they get destroyed by those weaknesses. So what to talk about human beings, all five senses. And therefore Bhagavan says this, Tani Sarvani Sayamya, controlling all your senses. In other words, make the senses only your servants. Ask them to go and get what you want. Vasehi Yasya Indriyani, Tasya Pragna Pratishtita. Bhagavan uses the word Tasya Pragna Pratishtita several times in this chapter. If your senses are in control, then only you consider yourself to be established in wisdom. In other words, the basic thing you have to be careful about is your senses are not taking away your peace of mind. The next two verses are very, very Famous, popular and easy to understand actually. The famous, the ladder of fall. Dhyayato visayan punsaha sangaha teshu upajayate. Everything starts with me thinking about sense objects. Sangaha teshu upajayate. If I think about something constantly, an attachment will occur. We have used classical examples before. How one falls in love. I saw her on the campus first time, found her attractive, tried to get more knowledge about her. That's how the Facebook was created, isn't it? That's why I understand that Zuckerberg wanted to find out something about some girls in the class, but how can I find out? Create a Facebook. So in our time, there was no Facebook to worry about. Now you have to worry about Facebook. Because there are all kinds of people on the Facebook. 
So, anyway, when I constantly think about an object, an attachment is created. And we have learned in previous discussions that mind is nothing but a flow of thought. That flow of thought, when I direct towards a particular object, it becomes a channel. And once it becomes a channel, all the subsequent thoughts will just follow that channel. So when I think about an object, first time it's not a problem. Second time it becomes a pattern. And third time it becomes a channel. Once I keep thinking in that direction, it becomes a prominent thought in my mind and I get attached to it. This is how we get attached to all things in life, our profession, our children, our families, our friends. Dhyayato visayanta sangahatesu upajayate. Easy to understand. Sangat sanjayate kamaha. Up to attachment is not really that bad. But that attachment is now creating desire. If I get attached to something, but I don't have any desire, then it's perfectly fine. But it never happens. Once the attachment occurs, the desire is generated to achieve the object of attachment. I'm attached to my granddaughter. We constantly look forward to an opportunity to be with her. That's desire. Kamat krodo abhijayate. And if somebody says that's not possible, I'm angry. Who are you to stop me to meet my granddaughter? Kamat Krodo So the first rung was constantly thinking of that person or an object. Created attachment. Now there is a desire. Desire unfulfilled creates anger. We all agree with it. None of us are disagreeing with that. Krodat Bhavati Sammohaha. That we sometimes do not realize. We don't realize that Krodh is creating delusion. We think that rightfully I'm angry. Therefore, angry young man's image of Amitabh Bachchan in those movies. We all cherish that image. Those movies were most enjoyable. Because this anger created righteousness. And then he achieved. But once in reality, nothing like that happened. Only in Bollywood that happened. This Krodha creates delusion. What is right and what is wrong, that sense is lost. Sammohat Smriti Vibramaha. That is because when I am angry, there is a, a system, a preventive method in my chitta. When I am angry, there is an overload of emotions and therefore memory bank is not available to me. I may destroy the memory bank. So memory bank is shut down and I have no access to my memory. And my buddhi is nothing but my memory. I take my decision based on the memories of my past experiences. That's my buddhi. Nishyatmika buddhi. But how did it become nishyatmika? Because of the reservoir of my past impressions. Where I can decide what is right and what is wrong based on how that experience was in the past. So Bhagavan said that Smriti Bransat buddhi nasaha buddhi nasat pranasyati. If I don't have right understanding what is right and wrong, that's because I don't have a memory. And I have no memory, there is no buddhi. The 
element of chitta which is decisive is based on memories. If the memories are not available, then it cannot decide what is right or wrong and therefore I will act in a wrong manner and therefore I will be destroyed. Destroyed in a sense, I will not be able to perform any of my duties. I will not be able to achieve any of my goals. So while I am angry, there is nothing that I can achieve which is worthwhile. So if this anger is temporary, there is one thing, but if it remains constant, I am constantly feeling that I have been discriminated by the society, my colleagues, my peers, and there is a, a, a subtle anger in me, that subtle anger will create confusion and delusion. I should be more worried about the subtle angry tendency in me than an overt anger when something temporarily happens. Everything started from your attachment. Attachment started because thinking about that object for a long period of time. We'll stop right here. If you find this podcast helpful, please support it by donating any amount at podbean.com forward slash Neil Bhatt or at chinmayarichmond.org. Thank you. Hari Om. Om Sarve Bhavantu Sukhina Sarve Santu Niramayaha Sarve Bhadrani Pashyantu Ma Kaschid Dukkha Bhagbave Om Shantihi 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 Harihi Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Harihi Om